0: Good morning church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship of Faith Community United Methodist Church. Good to be with you in worship this morning. If you would please find the attendance pads that are in each of the pew racks, fill that out, pass it along to others worshiping beside you so that we have a record of your presence here in worship with us this morning. Welcome as well to those of you worshiping with us online. We're glad that you have joined us and pray that you will be be blessed by this service of worship. You have a and insert, uh, a couple of inserts in your, your bulletin. One is the, uh, the words to the anthem for today, so that you can follow along the words with that. And the other one is your announcement sheet. And so I want you to take a look at, at the announcements. There are a number of things coming up. Uh, we're going to start receiving orders for the Christmas poinsettias. The order forms are out in the narthex today. They will be in the bulletin next week. Uh, so uh, you can look for that next week. But if you want to get one today, uh, get your, your order in early they're out in the narthex for you those orders need to be in by Sunday December 11th uh, we also have the Christmas tree out there for the St. Paul's gifts and I uh, see that some of you have already brought gifts back and that's great thank you for that uh, there are ornament tags on the tree and that will tell you who, do, who you are shopping for whether it's a boy or a girl whether they're young whether they're a teenager whether it's for an adult And you can just take that tag and go shopping uh, for a gift for that uh, person and then bring it back here unwrapped, placed under the tree, and those will be taken to St. Paul uh, for the folks there uh, for their Christmas. We do need those returned by Sunday, December 4th. So uh, take those tags today, do your shopping, and get them back uh, as soon as possible so that we can get those all to St. Paul's. Uh, Thank you for, for helping out with that. We are also on December 4th going to have a cookie sale. Our Missions and Outreach uh, Committee is uh, leading us in this cookie sale. And uh, what we're gonna do is we're asking you to, to bring some homemade cookies and uh, what you think is uh, $5 worth of, of cookies. You can put them on a, a plate or in a tin or uh, however you want to wrap those up about five dollars worth of cookies and then others are going to bring their cookies and you can sell yours and you can buy theirs and we will raise some money for missions all that money is going to go to missions and you'll have uh, a good collection of variety of Christmas cookies uh, to enjoy so uh, plan on baking and also buying cookies uh, on December 4th our uh, blue Christmas service is also on December 4th at 2.30 here in the sanctuary Uh, For those who are going through a time of grief or struggling uh, during this season, uh, Blue Christmas is a good uh, time for them. So if that would be good for you or if you know of somebody else who might benefit from that type of service, I would encourage you to invite them to come with you uh, on Sunday, December 4th at 2.30. A huge thank you to everybody who participated in our Thanksgiving offering, uh, who brought in food uh, for the Fish Food Pantry or, or also monetary donations for the Fish Food Pantry. In addition to a big box of food supplies, you also contributed over uh, $1,350. So thank you for that. That's, uh, that's going to provide a lot of uh, Thanksgiving food. So, so we thank you for that. Uh, Next Sunday is our fellowship time. In between Sunday school and worship, 10 o'clock in the fellowship hall is our fellowship time. Uh, We heard last week that there's going to be homemade donuts, uh, so you don't want to miss that. Join us for fellowship next Sunday. We're here uh, in the sanctuary this morning to offer God our worship and praise. Let us be in a spirit of worship as the choir brings the music of the intro.
1: call to worship. This is God's house, a holy temple. We are in the midst of God's dwelling place. My soul longs, yea, faints for the courts of God. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the loving God. Happy are those whom God has chosen to be here. Blessed are all whom God has forgiven and named. Voices raise in praise praise to God's awesome deeds. Mountains and seas bow down before the Creator. God crowns the year with a bountiful harvest. Flocks and grains fill the meadows. His presence is felt to the ends of the earth. All creation is God's dwelling place. God's home. Our opening hymn this morning is We Gather Together, which is number 131. Mm-hmm. be seated. And if you would join with me in our opening prayer as printed in our bulletin. Let us pray. Bounteous God, you have offered us the fullness of life in Christ. You have invited us to the feast of rejoicing. We thank you that we seek out on the roadways of life Before we even ask, clothe us in righteousness so that we may be worthy guests at your table. Amen. If the children could come up for Children's Moment, that would be wonderful. Oh boy, I finally got it to turn on. That's good. I'm not technologically gifted at all. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Coming up this week, we have a big holiday. It's Thanksgiving, right? And surely somebody's going to ask you what you've been thankful for. I'm not going to do that, but you might be thinking about what you're thankful for. Because there is a lot to be thankful for. One of the things that I'm really thankful for is songs. Our Sunday school class has been studying a bunch of songs and we have used, oh it's awful to get old and not be able to move. We have used this book which is a hymnal. Now, lots of times the words are on the screen, but the words are also in here. And there's lots of stories in the Bible about Jesus. I'm also thankful for Jesus. There's songs and stories in here about Jesus. And one of the songs in here is a song that kids often know. It's called Jesus Loves Me. Do you all know Jesus Loves Me? Oh good, because I would like to sing that today with the help of the choir and the congregation. Now it's on page one, or not page, but number 191 in here, in case anybody wants to look at that. So the choir said that they would help us sing this song I can't sing very good, and I'm hoping that with the choir and the congregation that we can sing the first verse of Jesus Loves Me. choir, and congregation for helping us. We are so thankful for so many things. And I just want you to remember, thank you, Jesus, for loving each one of you. He loves you and you and you and you and you and you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for loving all of us, no matter where we are, how old we are, We are thankful to you for so many things. In his name we pray. Thanks. Amen.
0: Our prayer hymn is number 102 in the hymnal. Now, thank we all our God. I invite you to uh, turn to that and let us sing our thanks to God uh, in prayer as we sing this hymn together. I invite you now in a time of silence to offer your own thanks to God. Let us uh, thank and praise God for his many blessings to us in this time of silence. Oh, Lord, how can we even begin to express our gratitude to you? You have blessed us in so many ways, ways that are even beyond our comprehension. We don't think, Lord, uh, often about the fact that just waking up in the morning and having the breath of life within us is a blessing that comes from you. And so we give you our, our thanks for... All that you've given us and all that you are for us. Our Lord, our Redeemer, our Savior, our Comforter, be with us now in this time of worship and help us, Lord, to lift all of our cares and concerns to you. For even with hearts filled with gratitude, still we acknowledge that we are people in need and we have loved ones, family, and friends who are also in need. And so in this time of silence now, Lord, we lift to you our concerns for ourselves and for others who we know are needing your mercy in this moment. Hear us as we pray in silence. thank you that we know we can always come to you, that you are a loving and a gracious Father who welcomes us into your presence, who responds to all of our concerns, and so we entrust to you all the prayers that we have offered this day, knowing that for those who love you, you work all together for good. And so let us see that good that you are working in our lives and in the lives of others that we have lifted to you this day. And may we be a part of your answer to someone else's prayer as we reach out to others in love and concern through the ministries of this church, through missions that we give to for sacrifices that we make so that others might have and might receive your blessings, and your love. Bless us now, Lord, as we continue in our worship, as we offer to you now the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We continue to worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings as the ushers come to wait upon us. Please join me in the prayer of dedication. For every benefit we praise you, God, for every gift received, and for each gift we are blessed in giving. For all your goodness we give thanks to you, the providence which made and nourishes life, the presence which brings meaning in divine and human love, and the promise that gives hope for each new moment. Out of faith and into hope, we are led by your love. And for these graces, we return our thanks through the mercies of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated.
1: The scripture lesson this morning comes from Psalms number 46. God is our refuge and strength she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought dissolution to the, on the earth. He makes wars cease cease. To the end of the earth, he breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariot with fire. But still and know, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: If you pay attention to the part in the bulletin that says next week's scripture and sermon, I don't know if anybody looks at that or not, but if you do, then you know that this is not what I was planning on preaching today. I had originally intended to preach this sermon on October 30th, but my positive COVID test that day, uh, the day before, told me that God had different plans for that weekend. So I tucked this sermon away, figuring it's always nice to have one in the barrel, so to speak. I didn't intend to use it so soon. It was written specifically with the hymns for that day in mind. October 30th was Reformation Sunday. We were singing Martin Luther's classic hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, which is based upon Psalm 46. I figured we weren't going to sing that same hymn just a couple of weeks later, and I didn't want to preach this sermon without that hymn. However, when I heard what the choir was singing for today, well... God was definitely speaking. The anthem that we just sang is just as perfect as Martin Luther's hymn when it comes to expressing the meaning of Psalm 46. Still, my soul, be still. Though winds of change may rage tomorrow, God is at your side. God is our refuge and strength, declares the opening line of Psalm 46, a very present help in trouble. And as the psalm draws to a close, be still and know that I am God. Encouraging words, comforting images. Those words of comfort and encouragement, though, they come in the context of a world that is anything but. Much of the psalm highlights the reality of the world in which we live. It talks about waters roaring and foaming, mountains trembling. It speaks of nations raging, kingdoms tottering. The anthem we sang is no different. Winds of change raging, fires of unexpected sorrow, temptations flaming arrows. Luther sums it all up in his hymn as the flood of mortal ills prevailing. We live our lives constantly amid this flood of mortal ills prevailing. Difficulties seem to prevail all around us. And yet, even amid these flood of mortal ills, still we are a people of faith. Still we are a people of hope and joy and peace. Not because God removes all of these troubles and trials from our lives, God has not promised to do that, and our experience tells us that is not the case. But because our God is a mighty fortress, a bulwark never failing, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in every time of trouble. God, you are my God. The psalm highlights all kinds of terror that we face in this world, earthquakes and eruptions, famines and floods, Weapons and wars, those are some of the big earth-shattering dangers that plague our world. But there are also the individual struggles we face every day, those family quarrels that make us feel like we've been sent into war, those work-related issues that rush at us like a flood trying to drown us, medical news that goes off like an explosion the death of someone so dear that it feels like the ground has been ripped open beneath our feet. But amid all of these mortal ills prevailing, Psalm 46 highlights the great blessings that we receive as the people of God. For God does not leave us alone in these trials. The struggles of this world do not have the final word over us. God has promised to be with us through the storm. God has promised To be at our side, though winds of change are raging. The Lord is our refuge and our strength. This psalm shows us three ways that we can experience the blessings of God even amid our troubles. The three blessings we are shown in this psalm are hope, joy, and peace. Another reason this is a good time for this sermon next week we enter into the Advent season, and three of the themes for the Sundays of Advent are hope, joy, and peace. And each of these blessings is promised here in Psalm 46. The first section, verses 1 through 3, shows us the hope we have in the Lord. Verse 2 begins Therefore we will not fear. But then the psalmist goes on for the rest of that verse and the entire next verse, naming things that sound pretty darn fearful. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Sounds like he's describing an earthquake. And not just any earthquake, but a massive earthquake. Mountains crumbling into the sea waters roaring and foaming, perhaps a tsunami. Some of you may have experienced an earthquake before. I have not ever experienced that. I hope I never do. I do know, though, that others who have been through an earthquake have expressed that one of the most terrifying aspects about it was the sense of complete and utter helplessness, having absolutely nowhere to go nothing to do, that, that feeling that there is no safe shelter. A tornado is terrifying, too. I know many of you have experienced that. But at least in a tornado, you know what you're supposed to do. Get to the basement, or if there's no basement, then go into an inside room with no windows, get down as low as possible, cover yourself. Where do you go in an earthquake? If you climb higher, the building could collapse underneath you, causing you to plummet. If you go lower, the building could collapse on top of you. If you go outside, the the ground could open up beneath you or a tree could fall on top of you. There is no safe place to go. Nothing you can do. But we don't have to take this literally to understand it, do we? After all, who hasn't at some point felt like your whole world was crumbling around you? Like there was no right place for you to turn, no right thing that you could do to fix the situation. If you ever, haven't ever had that experience, chances are you will at some point in your life. But despite these fearful, dangerous, helpless situations that we face, the psalmist says in verse 2 we will not fear. We will not fear. Why will we not fear despite all of the the fearful things that he goes on to name? He's already told us in verse 1 because God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. This isn't like telling someone, buck up, it'll be okay. We're not able to face our troubles without fear because we're amazing, courageous people. It's not because we're extra brave or touched in the head. We are able to face all of these troubles without fear because God is our refuge and strength. God is our ever-present help. So when the ground beneath us and everything around us is shaking, we can trust in Him and not be It's important that verse 1 comes first, because that is the foundation of our hope through all the rest of the verses, not some Pollyanna view that everything is great, not our reliance on our ingenuity to make our own way, not our ability to come through and save the day. The foundation of our hope is God. And it's important for us to get that first, to be clear of that fact before the trials come, before the earthquake hits, because when the dangers do come, as inevitably they will, and we realize we have nowhere else to turn and nothing we can do to save ourselves, still we will have hope because we have God. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. The Hebrew people were good about recounting stories of all the times that God had rescued them in the past, how God had protected Jacob when his brother Esau was mad enough to kill him, how God had protected Joseph when his brothers sought to do him harm, how God protected Joseph's brothers from famine through Joseph's position in Egypt, how God rescued the Hebrews from slavery in Egypt and protected them from Pharaoh's army and yet again protected them from starvation in the wilderness. Time and again, God's people seemed to be up against a wall in a helpless, hopeless situation. And time and again, God came through to prove that He was with them, to prove that they could trust Him. So they recited those stories over and over again to remind themselves that God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. It's the same for me, too. I can think of many times in my life when I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know what to do. I felt like my world was collapsing and there was absolutely nothing I could do to fix it. But when I think back on those times, I realize that every single time, God was there every single time god came through and brought me through every single time god was a place of refuge and a source of strength and i'm not about to think that he's going to stop that now so the next time trouble comes and i feel overwhelmed and helpless still i will have hope because i know i can rely on myself no because I know I can rely on my God. God, you are my God. Hope is the first blessing that this psalm shows us we can have, even in times of trouble. The second one is joy. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Verse 5, God is in the midst of the city, it shall not be moved. Verse 6 then recounts some more trials. Nations in an uproar, kingdoms totter. Have you ever seen one of those time-lapse videos where the scene takes place over many hours, perhaps even many days, but the images are sped up so that you're seeing it all pass in just a matter of, of moments? Imagine if you could watch the political realms of this world from the beginning of history until now, but you see them all pass by in just a few short moments. You would see one kingdom rise to power, but as soon as that, another would take over, and then another. Borders of states and boundaries of nations would shift from one place to another. There would be no stability, no consistency, other than the constant of change. I think that in verse 6, the psalmist is inviting us to take a God's eye view of the movements of history and and worldly power. And he's inviting us to gain a lesson from it. Kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. Empires, rage, people groups fight one another, but it all comes to nothing. None of it lasts. The Lord speaks and it all dissolves just as quickly as it arose. We've just come through yet another election cycle Parts of the most recent election aren't even resolved yet, and we've already entered into the next election cycle. A lot of people put a lot of time and energy and money into every election with the thought of, if we just get this one right, if we could just get the right people into power. Now, I'm not downplaying the importance of elections. I take my civic duty seriously. I know that elections have real consequences on the lives of real people, But when you take that broader view of history and you realize the dangers and the limitations of worldly power, if your joy is wrapped up in who is in power at the moment, then your joy will always be shallow and fleeting. Our joy comes not from nations or kingdoms or from any worldly power, but from, as the psalm puts it, the river whose streams make happy the city of God. God is in the midst of the city, and it shall not be moved. Kingdoms rise up, and they are brought to an end. Worldly powers come, and they go. But the city of God shall not be moved. And the joy that flows from the river of that city is deep and abiding. At the time that this psalm was written, Jerusalem was referred to as the city of God. It's the place where God's temple stood, where God dwelt among his people. And nearby that city was the River Jordan, which brought fresh water from the Sea of Galilee, whose many tributaries provided life to the region. This may be what the people thought of when they heard about the river whose streams make glad the city of God. But the scriptures point to something much more enduring than Jerusalem and the Jordan. At the end of Revelation, where it talks about God creating the new heavens and the new earth, it speaks of the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, the city where God and his people will dwell together forever. Revelation 22, 1 through 2 says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit producing its fruit each month and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. The city of God is an eternal city that supersedes all others and brings healing to all the nations. The river whose streams make glad the city of God, that's an image of God's grace washing over us God's grace that flows all around us God's grace that he pours out within us the streams that flow from the river represent the way that God's grace reaches out to every individual person and meets every particular need Jesus said to the woman at the well if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water those who drink from the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water I will give will become a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. That living water makes glad the city of God. Those who dwell in God and receive the grace of Christ in themselves, they are made joyful. They are made glad with a joy that goes far beyond all the troubles of this world because it is the joy of eternity. Perfect security in the Lord. Our hope is in the promise of God. Our joy comes from the eternal kingdom. And because of that, we may find peace. That is the third blessing lifted up by this psalm. First there is hope, next there is joy, and finally there is peace. The third section of the psalm begins with verse 8. Come behold the works of the Lord. And then the author goes on to to point out desolations that God has brought to the earth and the way that God causes wars to cease. Some scholars have suggested that this might be a reference to the great victory God brought about for the people of Israel against the Assyrian army during the time of King Hezekiah. The Assyrians constituted the most fearsome threat in the world at the time. They had come aggressively against Israel and had surrounded Jerusalem But Hezekiah trusted God as his refuge and strength. In the middle of the night, the Lord sent his angel to slay 185,000 of the Assyrian soldiers. The people of Israel woke up the next morning to behold the work of the Lord and to see the desolation he had made on their behalf. He literally made that war cease. All that was left for the people of God to do was to burn the bows and spears and chariots of the Assyrians in the fire, just as in verse 9 of the psalm. Then comes the great and familiar words of verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Oftentimes, we use that verse as an encouragement to do our daily devotions, to take some quiet time each day, to be still and reflect on the greatness of our God in prayer by reading the scriptures. That's a good and an important thing to do. But this verse, in the context of this psalm, goes so much deeper than that. In the midst of a world gone mad, be still. And know that I am God. In the face of the earthquake and the tsunami, be still and know that I am God. In the midst of the raging flood that threatens to pull you under, be still and know that I am God. When the battlefield is crowded, the weapons are deadly, the fighting is fierce all around, be still and know that I am God. When confronted with the fires of unexpected sorrows, when coming up against temptations, flaming arrows, be still and know that I am God. How? How can I be still? How can I rest? when I am threatened from all sides? How can I find peace when everything around me is going crazy? I can find that peace when I know that it doesn't come from the world around me, but from the Holy Spirit that God has placed within me. Peace is the gift of my God who is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God, You are my God when I have that hope that comes only from knowing God, when I have that joy that comes from the grace of God's eternity washing over me, then I have peace. I can be still, knowing that it's not up to me to win every battle. It's not up to me to fix every problem. It's not up to me to change every mind. It's not up to me to save every soul. It's up to me to trust in my God. It's up to me to turn to my God for my hope. To look to God for my joy. To find rest in the Lord. That's what this verse is about. Resting in the Lord because we know we can trust Him. Our Helper, He amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Yes, there are mortal ills all around us. They come at us, sometimes all at once. They seek to undo us. But for those who are grounded in faith, for those who recognize that our God is a mighty fortress and an ever-present help, He blesses us, even amid the flood. He blesses us with hope. He blesses us with joy. He blesses us with peace. Thanks be to God for these and for every blessing. Amen. Let us now sing our thanksgiving to God with our closing hymn, which is number... 694 in the hymnals. Come, ye thankful people, come. Please stand as you are able and let us sing together. be seated and remain until the choir has recessed out and then you will be dismissed. Go in the hope and the joy and the peace of our God, who is our God, who is our refuge and our source of strength. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.